How many of you believe that God has some powerful things for you today? Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, today is your day. And uh, we're excited that you're here today. Uh, we're in the middle of a series called On the Beatitudes, called The Attitudes to Be. And I uh, want to encourage you, if you weren't here last week or had the opportunity to watch online, to go back and watch uh, Pastor Walt's sermon on uh, hunger and thirst for righteousness. We had a really powerful service there. Uh, but we're going to just dive into this today and get ready. The Cowboys don't play till 3.30, so we have a couple of hours here. And uh, I promise not to do that to you. And, uh, but God has some big things. If you go to Matthew chapter 5, verse 7, and, and while you're turning there, we're going to go ahead and pray today. Father, we thank you today for your goodness. Today we've sang about your firm foundation. We've sang about your love, Father God. We've sang about the direction that you have for us in life, and we thank you for that, Father. We thank you for your Holy Spirit today. And we thank you, Father God, for all the poetic ways that you have to reach people, to touch people, Lord, to speak prophetically into people's lives. We thank you today, Father, and just submit to the Holy Spirit. We say, do what you want to do, say what you want to say, be what you want to be. We ask you to meet every need, Father God, and, and thank you today for, as we walk out of the building today, we walk different than we came in, in Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, well, Matthew chapter 5 Verse 7 says, blessed are the merciful, <clears throat> for they shall obtain mercy. Now, I kind of want to go in a, in, a, in a direction today to explain a little bit. We know that, that, that we've received mercy, and we know it's, it's our call as believers to extend mercy. But in order to understand mercy, we have to understand God, right? And, and there's so many aspects to God that, that that's more than just, we look at a word like mercy and think, you know, just it's an undeserved uh, 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 forgiveness, forgiving somebody a trait they really don't deserve to be forgiven. And, and, and you can tie in so many different levels in that. But I really feel like today that in order to understand mercy that we give to others, we've got to understand the mercy that God's given to us. Amen. I heard somebody say a while back that Jesus created mercy. And the reality is Jesus didn't create mercy. Jesus fulfilled mercy, right? Uh, God created mercy. That's why he sent Jesus for us, right? And so, so in order to understand that, we've got to understand that in our relationship with God, uh, there's, there's different platforms. And, and Pastor talked about it this morning, you know, of there's, there's different levels. Where do you want to go? Where do you want to step? And everything has to do with faith. And we know that faith is believing and speaking the word of God. And, and so we're always moving forward uh, towards something. How many of you know faith is lived in forward mo motion? Uh, we don't just sit and wait on God. Come on, we move, we act. And, and, and so it's important that we understand that in, in relationship with God, God, God uh, expects us as part of who he is. But the word mercy is a relational term. And, and it has to do with the covenant that God established, come on, way, way back that Jesus completed. And we're going to talk about that. But, but I want you to understand this morning that, that mercy is an extension of being the righteousness of God. It's an extension of knowing who your heavenly father is. It's an extension of knowing uh, that Jesus came to set you free. And how many of you know, if we could go back, none of us, you know, the, the scripture says all of us have sinned. All of us have fallen short of the glory. Come on. How many of you, how many of you have done some sinning in your life? Come on. At one point, uh, we've all been separated from God. And so it's important as we dive into to, to merciful that we just don't read over that. It's a relational term. And if you learn it in the right context of, 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 of the source that gave us mercy, then it'll make your marriage better. It'll make your relationship with other people better. It'll put your expectation more so in line with what God wants 
than what we think people should be. A lot of times we extend mercy or we extend what we call uh, forgiveness, but many times it's an act to try to get somebody to move where we want them to be. Listen to me. The mercy of God always takes people to where God wants him to be. It's an extension of, uh, of love in, in that capacity. So there are several uh, platforms. Go with me to Mark chapter 10 this morning, and uh, we're just going to dive into it. Verse 46 through, through 52, and I, I don't have time to read all of this, but I want you to see something here this morning. In verse 40, uh, let's go to verse 46. And it says, Now there came to Jericho, as he went out of Jericho with his disciples, a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, set by the road begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, I want you to remember that this morning. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Those three things. Say it with me. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And so I'll dive a little deeper into this as we go along. But though it was, there was some power to what blind Bartimaeus, his response, there was power attached to it. He didn't just say Jesus of Nazareth. He didn't just say Jesus, son of Mary. He said Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And when he said son of David, he immediately uh, attached covenant yes. and knew who his God was. And so all of a sudden Jesus uh, hears the son of David and, and, and calls for the man because it attracted Jesus. See, God established his covenant He's not, we sang about it earlier, he's not into religion, he's not into just behavior modification, he's not into to just, let, let, you know, let's try to get it right, but if we don't, he's into a place where he's looking for those who know his name. And it's a relationship, and so in, the, in this area, we're going to get back into that in just a minute, but there are three platforms of relationship that we deal with with man and with God as human beings. One of those is emotionally. The second is, is, is in reason or principles. And the third in, that, a third in that would be in covenant. And when you start understanding how, how this operates, it changes your approach with God. And so most people in general, when they start out in a relationship with God, uh, God's dealing with our hearts. He's moving us forward. But there's a lot of emotion taking place. And, and emotion in and of itself is not a bad thing. It just depends on how we operate in that. But how many of you know emotions can get you in trouble? And, and, you know, you get saved, you get excited, and, and then we start saying things like, you know, God, I give you my life. I'm, I'm never going to sin again. I'm never going to hurt anybody again. And then all of a sudden, we end up doing exactly what we said we wouldn't do last week. Come on. And if you stay there, the problem is that, with that is that the enemy loves to use your emotions against you. And, and it happens in marriage. It happens in relationship with people, at your work in every phase of life. And so as Christians, if you go back to Mark chapter 4, it talks about different levels of good ground. And, 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 and there were those that when the word was sown on stony ground, and, and it gives you different layers where the enemy came in and stole the word. Or the enemy came in and our desire for other things was greater than our desire to truly know who Jesus is. Come on. And so in the process, emotionally, uh, a lot of people kind of get stuck there. And that's okay because we're here to help you get free, Right? That, that, you know, we want, to, we, we want you to be free. God wants you to be free. But emotions can't be trusted because emotions will always take you to the place, back to, back to the place where you came from. Uh, you know, stu study the word of God. G uh, Jesus said it, uh, Peter looks at Jesus and says, hey, I'll never deny you. I think he was sincere about that. 
I think there was some emotions attached, you know, and, and, and he's excited. Jesus, I'll never deny you. You're my guy. Come on. We're going to run this thing out. I'm with you. It'll never happen. I am with you to the end. And then a few days later, he does exactly what he said he wouldn't do. And so emotion was attached to it. We do it all the time in life. We're going on this diet. We're excited about it. January 1's coming. Come on. We're going to shed 10 pounds. And then by January 5th, we're eating, come on, dominoes at 10 or 11 o'clock at night. Are you with me? And so, but emotionally, we meant well. So what I learned a long time ago is, is that it's possible to be sincere and be sincerely wrong. It's possible to be sincere and to be sincerely wrong. And so emotions, emotions are that thing. You look in marriage, things you don't want to say to your husband or don't want to say to your wife, and you say, hey, I'm never going to say that again. And what happens is, and I don't, and I don't know why marriage is stirring, I guess because we've got anniversaries going on. But most people, can I, can I just say something? I'm led by the Spirit in this this morning, is the reason a lot of our marriages don't advance is because we forget that marriage is a covenant. Marriage is not a feeling. And, and, and due to covenant, there's a different operation. We'll talk about that here in just a second. But if I stay in emotion only in my relationship with man or my relationship with God, and I'm glad God doesn't deal with us in emotion, thank God, right? Because uh, if he did, we'd be in trouble. And uh, you read the Old Testament, there were times he was ticked off at some people. Come on. And, and thank God he did send Jesus. You ought to be real grateful for that this morning. But in relationship, I mean, in marriage, if, if being an example of covenant, uh, if we stay just in emotion alone, then we'll never truly operate in forgiveness. We'll never truly operate in extending love. Uh, we, you know, it'll always be emotional base. What somebody else is not doing for me. But God doesn't operate that. That God's operation is always what. Am, what are we doing for someone else? That's why we go to nations. That's why we, we have groups. That's why we have studies and all the things that, that we're building. And thank God, you know, uh, we had a, had a great group of men yesterday at the, at the men's breakfast and talking to Ron a while ago. It's powerful because people want to be together again. You know, coming out of COVID, relationships are important. So God wants to help us establish relationships, you know. And, and I remember when, you know, in my younger days of, you know, I was a senior pastor at 25 years old. Had no idea what I was doing, but I had the title. Come on. And, and through that process of that title and, and, and different aspects, I promise you during that stage of life, everything was emotion. How many people, you know, we'd ask, how many people came on Sunday morning? Oh, it was 110. Well, that, you know, praise God. The next week, how many people came on, on Sunday morning? It was 112, boy, emotions. Next week, how many people showed up today? It was 85 and whoa, you thought the world came to an end. Because emotions always set you up, come on, they can set you up for failure. And so God is not a goosebump. God is not a feeling. God is not something that we just wake up and hope that he, that he gives us this bright light and we're going to walk out and it's que sera, sera and everything today in my emotions is going to be wonderful. My coworkers going to have coffee waiting on me. They're going to have fresh Diego's burritos. Come on, somebody, work in the morning. And we set ourselves up in this illusion of what emotion is, but emotion's not what catches the attention of God. Come on, faith is what catches the attention of God. And so he establishes, so we're looking at three things, emotional. Emotionally, we can set ourselves up for failures because emotions can be unstable, right? And, and, and sometimes in our relationship with God, we live there. Well, I, I just don't feel it anymore. Well, you know, I, I, I don't feel like getting up. I'm not an early riser anyway. I got to make myself get up. I'm not quite to Pastor Walt's place there at four in the morning. I'm just, I'm headed there. Come on. But, but sometimes it's not about what we feel. I don't feel like walking in love. You know, my, uh, uh, feelings are fickle. 
You know, and the reality is, 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 is we operate in this thing by faith, but it's not just in principle alone. If you understand covenant, then the principles start making sense, right? And so when God, God leads us, so first, first thing, first level there we look at, and many times people get stuck there is emotionally. But when you feel, build a foundation on Jesus, those who hear my word and do my words, right? That's what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7. Those that, that hear my words and those that do my words are like, are like a wise man. Jesus calls that wise. And that foundation that we sang about earlier begins to flow. And, and the things now that you're, that you're, as you're operating in, uh, you, you start to see, hey, this isn't all about me. If God, Pastor said it last week, if God can get it uh, through me, he'll get it to me. And that's so many different factors of life. We're here, another term Pastor used last week was the term occupy. And he talked about occupying it and how, you know, poverty is broken and doing the business of God. I, and when he said that, I was standing in the back with Mark there at the end of the service. And I, I asked Pastor Walt one time, I said, what was the thing that took, took, took the church, took you? Because I've known Pastor Walt for many years, even in Lockhart and, and, and through the chain of where God's brought him. And so I asked him, I said, what was the thing that broke poverty off of you, off of the church? And so he, he used the same. As he was telling the story about occupying and the rich young ruler, I looked at Mark and I said, I was sitting in an office with Pastor Walt. He told me the same story. And when he did, poverty was broken off my life at that moment. And then my business went to another level. Church stuff went to another level. And all of a sudden, there's an expectation. Wait, we're in covenant with God. And this is not an accident. Listen, church, it's not an accident when the blessings of God and the promises of God work in your life. That's the way it's supposed to be. The promises of God are yes and amen for a reason. It's not like God's going along saying, I'm going to bless you, but I'm not going to bless you. I'm going to bless you. I'm not going to bless you. When you get a hold of the covenant aspect of God and understand his principles, come on, somebody, blessings are going to run you down anyway. And because if God can get it uh, to you, God, God will get it through you, God's going to get it to you. I sound like a stutterer there, right? That's okay. And so, so the reality is as we walk this thing out, we're going, we want to go from a place of understanding that we're not just living on emotion to a place of reason. Paul said it this way. He said, let us reason together. And then he went into, the, the scripture said he did it three times a week. He'd go into a certain place and he would talk scripture with them. And he'd say, the scripture says, and he built it on reasoning or principles. Everybody say principles. And, and we have principles of, of marriage. We have principles of seed time and harvest. Uh, we have principles of, of faith that go into operation. So being a person of principle, come on, that's a good thing to be. That means we're growing, things are happening, things are working. But many times if we're principle alone without understanding the true mercy of God or understanding the true covenant that God came and established through Jesus, our principles will become more important to us many times than Jesus is. And so principles, principles are a powerful thing. They'll put you on a pathway, but if you're not careful, you can get lost in your own principles where, where righteous indignation comes into play. And all of a sudden now I'm sitting and I'm judging other people or thinking, man, if, I, if they could just get it together. Well, there was a time you didn't have it together. Jack, you know what I'm saying? And so, so as you look at that, come on. It, it's, it's, and so we get to this place. It's almost the scripture calls it kind of like a haughty place. And, and so that righteous, that righteous entitlement, we've seen it many times in, in life, and, and what that does is it pushes people away. But if you take the principles of God and you attach them with the covenant and the blood, come on, that Jesus shed on, on the way to the cross to be in the sacrificial lamb. Aren't you glad we don't have to sacrifice goats and lambs anymore? 
Now we just do it with bullets, right, on hunting season. And so, so we don't have to do that to get our sins atoned or, or to take a step. So we have the principles of God, but my principles don't make me better than anyone else. My principles make me different. They make me different. And your principles, if it, based on Scripture, makes you different, not better. Come on, somebody. Because an entitled Christian, come on, is usually a lonely Christian. And, and then they drift and they go and they're washed away by different winds of doctrine. There has to be balance. And so I learned a long time ago, it's not my job to sit and judge everyone else. It's my job to let the light of God shine off of our lives or shine off of my life so that somebody might see something on our lives and say, hey, what's different about you? What's different about you? And then you get to say, hey, here's my story. I got saved in my bedroom or I got saved in my living room or I went to church and God did this or I met, a, you know, I met an Allen or I, you know, I met a Wayne Barr or you know, whatever the story is in that deal. Let, God, let the light of God take it. And then when God anoints a story, it draws people in. You saw it last Sunday morning, right? And so when God, God wants to anoint your story, but your story, church, isn't going to be based just on, on whatever you decide is the most important thing in Christianity. Listen, your relationship with God always stays first. We always listen to the voice of God. Pastor talks about it all the time. We want to hear the voice of God and we want to walk it out. We're not trying to make this complex. Somebody says, well, do you have all the details together? Believe me, we don't have any details. Come on, somebody. When God speaks, it's always bigger than you, and there's not going to be all the details you're looking for. If you're looking for every single thing to be lined out to you, you better go back to college. Come on, somebody. Where it's in a book. Where it's in a book and it's laid out. This thing that you're living in, church, you walk it out by faith. Come on. And things may not look the way that you want them to look, but you keep walking it out by faith. And you stand on the Word of God. You stand on the principles of the Word of God that says, I, you know, I can walk this thing out. I love how, how, how uh, uh, Paul said it. He said, I've learned to be humble. I've learned to abound. I've learned the relationship that I have with God. And he said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And so he said, what he's saying in there is I put emotion on the back burner. I'm a man of principle, but I'm a man standing on the blood of Jesus. And when Jesus, because of the atonement, because of the covenant that God established for us through Jesus, Jesus completed it, because of that, listen church, all things are possible in the will of God. Now he's not going to turn your Big Mac, come on, into, into a Whopper. It's not going to happen. He's not going to turn the ultimate chicken into the ultimate cow. That's not what he's talking about there. But within the realm of faith, within the realm of your children's children coming to Jesus, within the realm of your city or your neighborhood changing, within the realm of the influence that he gives you each and every day in your life and, you, and, and, and the totality of life at your job, at your workplace, come on, uh, uh, with the family. God gives influence. And, and, and all of a sudden, things begin to change in that arena. So we're talking about all things are possible. And when you say God can't, come on, God will do it just to show you he's God. And so, so he, there's things changing. If you believe you're stuck, then you are stuck. But if you believe that you can advance and God has a better job for you, a better calling for you, something, something in your life that he's called you to do, and you've sat back and waited and waited and waited, I'm here to tell you, sometimes just laying it down, like we talked about a, few, a little bit ago during worship, if we just lay it down and take a step, come on somebody, God can take a shift and make a move that you could have never done on your own. And there's an anointing that comes on it. You know, I've learned in life, I don't want to, I don't want to do anything without, with, without God's, without God's uh, uh, approval. And so, so, so God has layers in his covenant. Now, covenant's a powerful thing. I, I'll, I'll get more into that in a second. But covenant is a powerful thing. I'll give you an, uh, 
the illustration here, but it's an agreement between two parties that is bound by mutual terms, listen, and consequences. It's, it's an agreement between two parties that's bound by mutual terms and there's consequences. Go to 2 Samuel with me. If you'll bring 2 Samuel chapter 7 just right up here, I, I want you to be able to reference this. But 2 Samuel chapter 7, David, David's having, having, having a, a time where God's shifting him into a different place. And there's anointing on his life. He's a powerful king. And David makes a statement and says, hey, I want to build God a house. And he's not talking about brick and mortar. Come on, church. He's not talking about brick and mortar. He's talking about a legacy. Everybody say legacy. But in 2 Samuel chapter 7, if we, if we uh, bring that up, please. He, he makes the statement, God begins to, to talk to the prophet about David's heart. And he establishes some things that are, that are really powerful there. And, and I would look it up, but I won't, I don't, I'd take me forever. Come on, somebody. I'm, I, we live in a different place. I can Google that in two seconds. <laughs> And so, so I'm not going to do that to you this morning. But David, David's in a powerful place. He, he has a heart to want to build God a house. And, and, and if you build God a house, listen to me, God will build you a house. If you, if you put God first, in other words, he's going to get involved in your family and your friendships. And, he's going to, and he'll do some things that are different in your legacy. Everybody say legacy. And, and, and I know if you're in your early 20s, you're probably not thinking about legacy. But believe me, time, time goes by fast. You're going to start thinking about it soon. And legacy is what you leave behind. It's what you leave for others. And so God starts talking to Nathan and says, hell, David wants to build me a house. He's excited about it. But God, in the, in the same context, makes covenant with David. He comes back through the prophet and makes a covenant. And he makes a covenant there of mercy. Everybody say mercy. And see, Abraham, Abraham had different you know, relationship of blessing and different things. But the only, only covenant of mercy that's powerful here that comes through was made with David. The scripture said a man after God's own heart. Now, David wasn't a perfect man. He had, he had his moments. He had his issues. But he always was a person who would repent. Come on, somebody. And would follow the voice of God in his life. So he would, he would hear God and he would, and he would put it into action. But God makes, makes, a, makes a, a covenant with him and says, not only is mercy going to be our covenant, and Jesus is going to establish this, but he said, out of your house, out of your legacy, that Jesus would come. And so if you look through the scriptures, you could look there, there'd be years that go by, and God would tell you know, Samuel and different ones, he would say, for the sake, if it had not been for your father David, or for the sake of your father David, he, you know, and, and so that lineage comes all the way through, so God made covenant of mercy. Everybody say mercy. With, with, with David that extended to Jesus that it now extends to you. And so in this covenant, it's powerful when, when blind Bartimaeus is walking down the road and, and, and are, are sitting there and Jesus and his team are walking down the road and, and all of a sudden blind Bartimaeus says, Jesus. You know, a lot of people were probably saying Jesus. A lot of people were saying Jesus of Nazareth. Or a lot of people, you know, they had different terminologies. But as Jesus is walking by, he said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And when Jesus heard that, Jesus immediately knew, wait a minute, this guy knows something that everyone else doesn't know. 
Some people are talking to me out of emotion. Some people are talking to me out of anger. Some people here are talking to me out of selfish ambition. But this guy, this blind guy, is talking to me out of covenant, come on, that my heavenly father established with David generations before. But see, when God gives a covenant, God doesn't forget that he made the covenant. God doesn't make promises that he doesn't keep. He, he is bound to his word. That's why it's important that we understand scripture. And so when Jesus is walking by, he said, tell him, bring the man to me. And so when they brought the blind man or Bartimaeus to Jesus, Jesus starts talking to him, heals him, and then says, your faith has made you well. Listen to me. You can live in emotion all day long and have no faith attached, no change attached. Nothing ever seems to go anywhere. Or you can get into the covenant relationship that God established through Jesus who shed his blood, come on somebody, and watch your faith go to work and things begin to move. Because what happens when we understand covenant, we start quoting the right principles. When we understand who, 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 why Jesus came, then it's no problem for us to say, hey, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me because I understand the covenant that I live in. And through that covenant, listen, that catches the attention of Jesus. It's not how many songs you sing. It's not by wearing the right outfit. It's not, by, you know, it's not by faking it till you make it. It's a relationship. And God established that relationship, and he's faithful. Come on, somebody. I, I, I love this, this one scripture in 2 Timothy. It says, it says, if we are faithless, God remains faithful. And so there are moments in life where we're looking at the circumstances and thinking, this really does hurt. Or there, there's pain involved in here. Or, I didn't see this coming. And that, and that pain attaches itself, and it's real, and we feel faithless. Listen, but, but because of who's in us, God quickly reminds you, come on, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'm the friend that sticks closer than the brother. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit just starts whispering the principles that you learn. You know, there's things that, that you learn as, as kids in children's church, and your kids are learning this morning, that they're going to use the rest of their life, and they don't even know it. Come on, we're setting them up for success this morning. And so there's certain scriptures and things, and you think back and say, where did I learn that? And so when you understand covenant, and in our society, there's two things that I don't think we do understand as a nation, and one is covenant, and the other is kingdom. And so when you attach the two, the kingdom and God's covenant, and that becomes the guideline for change, then the emotional aspect that it's trying to guess your way through life changes. God doesn't want you guessing. He wants you knowing. There's a knowing, come on, when you know Jesus. There's a knowing with God. It's that, it's that inward voice that says, hey, you can, you can get through this. It's that inward voice that tells you to do good when you really don't want to. It's that, that self-control that starts coming into play and the things that you, that you used to do and you don't, you know, you're like, hey, I just don't want to do this anymore. You know, I don't want to live this life anymore. And people say, man, there's something different about them. And so what I'm telling you is this. If God established that legacy to Jesus... It didn't come to stop with Jesus. Mercy is fulfilled through Jesus to you and to your relationships. Come on, in every aspect of life. And, and maybe you're here today and you've never, you've never received or you, maybe you had a hard raising and, and that kind of thing. And maybe you're in a place where you never, you know, you never understood mercy because life was just hard or things were just hard. But I believe, come on, that God wants to break some things in that this morning. I believe that God wants to, wants to shift some things into a different place where, where this isn't about, listen, it's not just about trying to, trying to get something going for the sake of getting something going. It's about being the extension, come on, of the power of Jesus. 
and the blood of Jesus that he intended for you to have in your family. And so God, God, I believe God is moving in that. Can we get some music or, or something going up here? And so, so in this regard, I want to encourage you, don't let the enemy lock you into emotion. Last week we did talk, you know, Pastor talked about it. We talked about moments and, and asked the question, how many of you, you're bound by depression or you feel, feel like you're depressed? And, 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 and we saw a real response to that. Many times, church, that, 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 that one of the ways, I remember in my own life, of, of being in my living room probably five years ago and, and making the decision. I read, I read the scripture that said, simply said that uh, uh, in Zechariah that tells us to be, we, that we're prisoners of hope. And then I got to thinking, man, I, I got a choice. I'm either a prisoner of the world and the world system. I'm either a prisoner of the pain. I'm a prisoner of the hope. I mean, I, hopelessness and all those things. Or I can be a prisoner of hope. And if I'm a prisoner of hope, come on, that means the life of God is flowing. That means something's shifting, something's changing. You know, and, 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 and what I love about God is even when it looks like nothing's happening, come on, something's happening. And God's moving and orchestrating things in different ways. But when you decide in your life, even if it is depression or, 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 or things in your life, hurts, pains, those things that are holding you back, when you make that decision to truly lay it down, and attach yourself to hope, come on somebody, you're not doing that based on emotion. And so some things, I feel this by the Spirit this morning, there's some things you've been trying to beat in emotion and nothing ever, ever changes. You want it to. You even go through the process of the week many times, but by the time you get back to Sunday, you're thinking, man, if I, I got that feeling again. I got a song in my head right there. I got that feeling again. And all of a sudden, by Tuesday or Wednesday, that feeling's gone. And so we're tossed to and fro by different winds, different thoughts, different doctrines. But the way to take the step to beat depression or hopelessness or those things, when you lay that down, come on, is to realize that the power rests in the blood of Jesus. Jesus shed his blood to set you free. He gave you his word in principles, come on, to guide you through the process. It's not a feeling. And so I encourage you this morning, listen, I, I can, we could turn this thing real quick and make it a real emotional thing. We could pump up the music. We could get real. We could do some things right now. I believe this is between you and your heavenly father this morning. I believe in this moment right here that God is saying, if you'll lay down the emotion, listen, that don't mean give it up. You're going to need that emotion at some point for some good stuff. Good emotion's a good thing, but walking by faith is a whole lot better. And so emotion always leads you back to where you came from. Faith always takes you to where God wants you to be. And so in this moment right now, every head bowed and every eye closed, and you're saying, Pastor, there's some things I've been trying to beat, and the emotion is not working. The emotion is not working. I'm ready to make a shift, but that's you today. That's just stirring in me. The emotion is not working. I want you to lift your hand this morning because I want to pray with you. I see the hands, hands all over the place. And so I'm going to ask you to do something. We're going to take a step. Instead of coming up here, I'm just going to ask you to stand to your feet. If you lifted your hand, if you'll just stand to your feet. Listen, there's no judgment in this house. We love you. We've all been there. We've all faced things. As you stand, I'm going to ask those around you, just kind of, kind of reach out, point your hands to those around you. Maybe, maybe lay your hand on the shoulder. Do what God, if God, God orders you to. But emotion, you, you're making the statement right here that emotion is not working. Listen to me. Emotion is not working. But I'm telling you right now, faith is about to go to work. Faith is about to go to work. Faith is about to go to work in the name of Jesus. 
and you're going to go from just the emotion of, hey, Jesus, to Jesus, son of David, my covenant God, my covenant Savior, who God was so merciful beforehand that he sent Jesus to set me free and to take me to a different place. And so we're going to pray, Father, we thank you this morning that you're breaking every chain. We say no more emotion. Say that with me, no more emotion. Emotion can't take me to where God wants me to be. And so we say today that we're not going to live just an emotion. We're living in covenant, Father God. We stand on your covenant today. We break every chain, Father God. We break that in the name of Jesus. And Lord, give them a hunger for your word. Give them a hunger for your principles, your truth, your guidelines. Father, you said that your word your word would never, never go void. It would never be lost, Father God. If your word has been spoken, then it is, and it's yes, and it's amen. And I speak the word over every life today. And Father, we break depression. We break the chains. We break the emotion. I speak life into marriages this morning. Father God, things that have been based primarily on emotion, some of you, God's about to give you a covenant, a covenant revelation of what marriage is supposed to be. And it's not going to be pulled and it's not going to be, be moved by winds. It's not going to be moved by, by battles. What covenant does, listen to me, it creates security. It creates security. And then through covenant, God fights the battles with you. And then it creates growth in your life that shines to others. That's just stirring in me right there. And so I encourage you this morning, go with the growth path. Go with the path of God. We break every chain. Father, we speak life into marriages. Maybe you're here today and your marriage needs a miracle. I believe God's shifting that right now. Man, your marriage needs a miracle. Tell somebody about that. Get the help that you need. Break the emotion and let covenant go to work. Because God created the covenant of marriage. Amen. Father, we thank you today for your spirit. We thank you where your spirit is. There's freedom, there's hope, there's joy, there's peace. And we say today that we're putting on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And we break those battles. We break those chains. Father, let your love shine through. Right there yet, I believe some of you, you're seeing hope. You're seeing some hope on the inside. Hope is shifting. You're seeing hope. You're seeing change. You're seeing something different. Attach yourself to that. Walk it out by faith. Walk it out by principle. And let the power of God do its job. Let the power of God do its job in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. There's something to that. Pastor, do you have something? In the name of Jesus, we speak life. Right now, I'm going to ask the whole church to pray this with me. Jesus, we stand on your word. We speak the life that you have. We speak peace today. And we say that we stand on your word. We stand on your goodness. You are the, the high priest of good things to come. I speak life into my family, life into my city, life into my calling, life into my neighbor. In Jesus' name, you are a God of life. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand this morning. And that's, a little, that's a little bit something different there in that, and I just want to encourage you, stand on the word, stand on the word. I got, I got one more thing and then I'm done. Is, is some of you here, you've been fighting suicidal thoughts. You've been fighting suicidal thoughts. Lay down that lie this morning. God says, lay down that lie this morning. I'm taking you to a different place. Listen, you came to the right place this morning. 
If you need help, come, you know, come down here. One of our team will pray with you. I'll pray with you. Any, any, any of our elders or leaders, or we're here for you. But listen, that's a lie from the enemy. There's another one that says your marriage is over, and I say it's not over. In the name of Jesus, God's doing something different. Amen. God bless you guys. Amen.